Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Mark, the 11th chapter, beginning with the 12th, 14th, and then the 20th and the 26th verses. Let us listen carefully as we consider God's word. On the following day, when he came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him. And now with the 20th verse. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and you will. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Lord, for our sake this morning, in the sake of our lives, help us to understand what you're trying to tell us about the ability and capability that you have given to us. Now for the next several Sundays, we will be dealing with a series of messages that I think probably is the most important thing that I could ever say to God's people. And if you would look over the book of Proverbs and the wisdom literature, the 23rd chapter, and the 7th verse, you will find the wisdom man having this to say, and I'm reading from the King James Version where he says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his mind, so is he. Is that a fact? Could that be possible? Or was the wisdom writer just filling up the pages in order to be able to say a great number of words? Could it be possible that the Lord Jesus Christ was saying exactly and identically the same thing and precisely the same thing when he said, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Well now, now, is that a fact? Or was the Lord Jesus Christ just dealing in words and because it happened to sound good, make this type of a statement? Or could it be possible that this is a law that is just as exacting as any law that we know upon the face of this earth? Is this a law just as exacting as the rise and the fall of the ocean that we know of the time? Is this a law just as exacting as the law that governs gravity? Could it be a possibility that here, both in the Old and the New Testament, that we are dealing with a universal law. That this man of God, 3,000 years before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
this wisdom of God where he knew that there was something about man that made him akin to God. Could it be possible that you are greater than you ever dreamed of? That you have a potential that you have really never thought about and that you have never brought into operation? Is it possible that you have at your fingertips a power and a peace and an air of plenty that you have never dreamed of? Is it a fact that most of us go about this life oblivious to who we are and what we are and oblivious to the great capability and possibilities that we have in living this life? Going about this business of living completely oblivious to the fact that you are the son and the daughter of a living God. Oblivious to the fact that there is within the world and within your life a power that is akin to God and we call it the Holy Spirit. All the while we go looking elsewhere for treasure and all the while the greatest treasure known to man is lodged within your head. And we speak of it as our mind, or more specifically, our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind. Beloved, of all the things that I've ever read about, of all the things that I've ever experienced, and all the things that I have am conscious of, I would have to say without any question at all, without any hesitation, that the greatest thing that I know about, I've ever read about, or ever had any contact with outside of the Lord Jesus Christ is the mind that God has given to you. What a most fascinating, what a fantastic thing this is. A mind who knows its power and its strength. About two weeks ago, looking for a piece of pipe and not wanting to pay, I went to one place and I wanted a piece of two-inch pipe and they said, yeah, I'll sell it to you. And it's going to cost you $2.75 a foot. I said, I'm not, didn't come to buy gold. I just came to buy a piece of pipe. And so the guy didn't like that, and I walked out. I saw it sort of hurt his feelings. And so I went over to the scrap place out here in the south end of Lowell. And I found out something out there, and he said, Yeah, I'll sell it to you for 11 cents a pound. Well, while I was standing there, meditating about the situation, trying to make up my mind whether to buy it or not, and I knew I had a bargain, I noticed this man that was running this great huge crane out there. It has a long boom on it. It must be 75 foot long, maybe even longer than that. And I noticed that he had this big object, flat object on the end of that boom, on a cable that he could pull it up and let it down. And those great huge piles of scrap out there, bigger than this church. I noticed this man, by just pulling some levers, was able to lower that thing down on that scrap and pick up what looked like to me tons of scrap. Swing the boom around and load it on a, an open car there, railroad car. And he would pull another lever and that thing would turn loose of the metal and it would go clanking down into the railroad car. I stood there for several minutes and watched the ease in which that man operated. In fact, I was so fascinated by this type of magnet that I said something to the man that was in the little office there about. And if I did not misunderstand him, I think he said to me, yes, that magnet, when that piece of metal, at the end of that cable, when it is magnetized, can pick up 12 times its weight. 12 times its weight. If that thing weighed 
2,000 pounds. Look at the great amount of metal. But I was captivated by the thing. Oh, I've known about magnets ever since I was a little boy. But this thing can pick up 12 times its weight when it's magnetized. But when it demagnetizes it, it's nothing more than another piece of scrap metal. But when it is magnetized, it does the work of several men. And it does it so much easier. I do not know a more perfect illustration of what I'm trying to talk about than that. You take a man that has been magnetized by his knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can think of a mind being magnetized and conceive of it being magnetized by the Holy Spirit that God has given to us in the absence of the Lord Jesus Christ to abide with us. If you can think about that as magnetizing this mind of ours. You're thinking about a man that is capable. He is filled with enthusiasm. He is filled with confidence. He has hope. He is fairly charged with energy. He is able to see this world as a creative, dynamic, living, pulsating thing that is neither static nor dead. When the mind of man is energized or magnetized by the Holy Spirit, the awesomeness of this mind is unbelievable. Or how can we measure it? But you take a man that is demagnetized, he is filled with negative feelings. He has doubts and fears. Well, if an opportunity came to him, he wouldn't be able to make the most of that opportunity because he would be afraid that he was going to fail. People might laugh at me. I might lose some money. People might think of me as being a fool. You know, I can identify with old Jonah at this very point. You read the last of that uh, story of Jonah. We get lost in a big fish situation and never see really the human part of this story. You know, one of the faults of Jonah was that this very thing, he, uh, he was afraid that people were going to laugh at him and he'd be made a fool of. Read the last part of that story and virtually that's what he accuses God of. You remember he said to God, he said to God after he reluctantly and had all the problem went on and did the thing that God told him to do. He says, I knew you were not going to do what you said you were going to do. I knew you weren't going to destroy Nineveh. I just knew it. And now in effect you have made a fool out of me and the laughing stop. And I'm just going to sit around here and see whatever else you're going to do with those people of Nineveh. You know, God had a time with, with Jonah. A man that is demagnetized could make the most of an opportunity if one came to him. And beloved, that is precisely where we are. We go about this business of living. You read in the paper the other day about this super tanker that uh, lost its power and was grounded on the rocks and split open and spilled several hundred thousand barrels of oil into the ocean. Liquid gold. A very valuable thing. If we Several of us had it while we could be multimillionaires. What was spilled there? Well, if you can conceive of yourself being as precious and as valuable as that tanker, but when you lose your power, you are going to be grounded on the rock. And you're going to be ground to bits and to pieces. And the beautiful thing that God had given to you to prevent this, that He empowered you with His power to make it to your destiny, as he has called you, is going to be vacated. And you're going to let it all go for naught. Beloved, that is a real possibility. Your mind is the greatest releaser of energy that man knows anything about. 
Think with me just a moment. In your thinking, what is the greatest master secret of the ages? What has it been? What has it been? Was it the discovery of the awesomeness of the power of the atomic bomb? Thermonuclear energy, perhaps. Or would you say it was the hydrogen bomb? Or perhaps this new one that they're talking about, the neutron bomb. Or maybe you would think in terms of the laser beam. Perhaps that is it. The greatest releaser of the power of one of the master secrets of the ages. What would it be? Maybe it's what we know about the moon now. What in your knowledge would really be one of the master secrets of the ages? Beloved, the most fantastic miracle working power upon the face of this earth that we know anything about is the human mind. And especially that part of it that we call the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind. It is a place where it is the greatest releaser of power that is known. And yet, beloved, it is the last place upon the face of this earth that you and I are willing to look when we're in need. Now, isn't that interesting? We will look everywhere else and in anything else before we will begin to look within our own mind for that which we need. Let me say to you, I do not care what your need happens to be this morning. What need you have? The secret to it is not out there somewhere else. The answer to it is not out there somewhere else in this world or in another person. The secret to it is lodged within your own mind at this very hour. But now who believes that? <laughs> who believes that? I wonder what my life even risk it on 75% of you or even... 5% of you believe in it. I'm afraid I might not be around too long. How difficult we really are. What strange creatures we are. Not too long ago, in fact it's only two weeks ago, I decided that I'd put up a, an antenna at the parsonage. And so I went out and bought myself an antenna between me and the loan company, or my wife one, whichever one comes first. And we were there just working away at it, putting it up. And I had the experts to come in to help me to put that thing together. So we were putting it together, and then the expert had to leave and went on his way. And I, two or three days later, got back on it, and we were working away on it and had it all just about put together. In fact, just we only had one little strip left to put on it. There's a little plastic strip, a black plastic strip about like that. And I knew exactly where that strip went, and so I was putting it on and putting the last screws in it. It was curled in such a way, one end went around one arm this way, a piece of that metal, and one went around there, just fitting perfectly, putting the last screws in. The young lady came in the park, she looked at the situation, she said, that doesn't go there. And I knew she didn't know straight up and straight down from that anymore than I did. I didn't know which end was up on the thing, tell you God's on truth of it. I'd never seen an antenna unless it was on somebody's house. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was smarter than she was. Because I knew that I didn't know anything about it, and I knew she was dumber than I was. And so I just went on with my work. Put the last screw, and anybody could see, any dummy could see, is right there on the paper. That thing went right there, and there's where I put it, and so we put the thing up. Two or three days later, we put the thing up on the house. And so I went in, and I knew it was just going to be perfect, and we turned the piece of equipment on, and said the antenna was dead. Just wouldn't work. Well, we worked on it. Buzzy went up and down that parsonage house like a squirrel. And we just worked on it and gave it up. It got dark and quit. I had another expert to come in and look at the situation. Made two or three telephone calls. Can't see a thing wrong with it. Looks all right to me. Can't figure it out. You're going to have to go back to the man who sold it to you. So I called the man. 
I said, I've got one more fella coming to look at this thing. And if he doesn't uh, find what's wrong with it, you're going to have to come. And if, he, if you can't tell me what's wrong with it, you're going to get this thing back. He said, you get your man, and if he can't find what's wrong with it, he said, I'll come. So one of the men of the church came over, and he went up on the house, and he looked at that thing for about an hour and a half, and he says, I can't say a thing. He says, but something is wrong right here, and I can't figure it out. But I know something is wrong with this arrow, this arrow right here. So I went in the house. You know, there's always, when you put something together like that, you always have parts left over. Bolts and nuts and screws, or at least I do. So I went back in the house, and I looked around, and I found a little piece of metal. It's about four inches long and about the width of a pencil. And I said, could this be the problem? Does that go on there somewhere, someplace? He said, yes, I think it does. He says, I think it goes exactly where that brown and black piece of plastic is. So I said, well, we'll try it and see. We'll try everything else. So he took it off. took him five minutes to do it. took it off. I threw a little piece up to him, put it on there, and went back in and threw the switch, and the thing worked perfectly. It's hard for me to believe. I didn't believe about that young lady. She didn't know why she did it anyhow. But she was right. If I'd have listened to her, if I'd have just took that piece of plastic off and put that little strip of metal on there, look at the time. I'd have saved myself from the frustration. Beloved, that little piece of metal in relation to the rest of that, I guess, must have been one thousandth of the mass of that big area. But it needed that piece before it would work. And I want to tell you, you have everything that you need in order to fulfill your destiny in the kingdom of God as he has called you to do it. He has. He has already given it to you. You have the key to your success, your happiness, your wealth, your health. You have it. It is found within your mind. To release this awesome power, to release it, now notice I said to release it, not to gain it. You already have it. You already have it. God gave it to you when you were born. In order to release this power, is all you need is to have your mind touched by the Holy Spirit in which He dwells to start with. Have it energized here and it comes out in the way as we speak of it in the way of faith. In your mind is all the material that you need to build your life to a greater, grander, richer, and a more noble person than you have ever dreamed of. In your mind is lodged infinite wisdom. Do you believe that? It is hooked at the other end to an infinite power. The Jewish people thought of the seat of the power of God was the heart. Well, it's really not the heart. The seat of the power of God within you is the mind that God has given to you. This marvelous thing that you're able to think with. What does it mean to have your mind charged with the Holy Spirit? You see, we speak a beautiful uh, spiritual language. We say that we have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Or that we are conscious of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what terminology you use. It's what you're really saying that the citadel of the Holy Spirit is within you. Uh, then don't try to tell me then that we have to look elsewhere for the energy and for the power, for the wisdom and the understanding that is necessary for us to be what God has called for us to be. Through this wisdom and power of your subconscious mind, you are the master of your life. 
In fact, there isn't anything that needs to be done that you cannot do. Do you believe that? Listen to what Jesus said. He says, Verily. Now notice that word, Verily. I tell you in truth. It could be translated. I tell you in truth what whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart or his mind, you see, his mind, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Well, is that a fact? Or was Jesus just talking? Well, beloved, Jesus Christ was not just talking. This is a fact. This is a fact. Consider the laws of God, how exacting they really are. We were told in high school, some of us demonstrated, you can take two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen, is that not so, and mix it together, and it becomes water. We say that water will seek its own level. That is true in Russia, that is true in China, and that is true in the United States. Some time ago, I was trying to get a boat and a piece of equipment to where the hole was too, too small. I didn't have anything to bore the hole large. The man said to me, he says, all you have to do is heat that piece of metal, and it will expand and you will can insert the boat. I did exactly what he told me to do and it happened exactly the way that he said it was going to happen. And that is true. That is a universal truth. That is a universal law. That will happen in Russia. That will happen in China. And that will happen here because it is a universal law and it is a universal truth. A man that is energized by the Holy Spirit and truly becomes the conscious, notice I'm saying the conscious dwelling place of the Holy Spirit will have a power about it that is absolutely unbelievable. Whatsoever you believe becomes the law of your life and of your mind. That is a universal law. That is a universal law. Jesus put it so. Whatsoever you believe, the emphasis on the belief. You see, belief is the law of the mind. The law of the mind. If you have a meager world in which to live, do not look outside yourself for the answer. The place to really to look is within your mind. It is here that I create my meager world in which I live. And when I change my thinking, psychiatrists knew this years ago. The whole principle of psychiatry is built on this. You change your thinking and you change your life. You give to your subconscious mind Whatever you think, and I will tell you it's going to express itself in feelings and in, in events and expressions just as sure as there will be a sunrise tomorrow. That's the way that it is. I would like to think that we would be as wise as the man who is the captain of this great massive piece of equipment that we know as an aircraft carrier that is at sea. Think of the awesomeness of the power if he has the whole field with atomic and hydrogen bombs, to say the least. And think of all the power that he has in relation to the mass of that big floating piece of equipment. He is only a speck. But he is able to direct that piece of a fighting equipment. When he is at sea, he can choose any port that he wants. If he happens to choose a poor one, there's where he's going to make it. But if he happens to choose a one that is more capable, there's exactly where this piece of equipment is going. Your mind is the captain of that battleship.
And I would say to you in closing, choose carefully your port. Because there's exactly where you're going to land. Your mind is the captain and the master of your fate as long as you're living in this life. The awesomeness of your mind. Our Father, help us that we may be conscious of what is committed to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.